JD Talking Sports. It is Wednesday, Wednesday, May second, two thousand eighteen. All right, Jeff. Thanks for Jacob Degrom left the game today, fourth inning with elbow. What they say, elbow soreness. I want to get this right? Okay, Jazz are up on the Rockets at halftime. All right, like that. Yeah, Jacob Degrom went out. Let me see. I want to get this right. Yeah, hyperextended right, right elbow, left in the fourth inning, swinging a bat. Is that what they said? He yeah. After four dominant innings with apparent injury, supposedly he swung the bat. Unbelievable. Yeah, he what was swinging the bat. Yeah, hyper. Yeah, that's not good at all. Mets have announced it is a hyperextended right elbow. He struck out six and four scoreless innings, two hits, both singles. Did not walk about it. 46 pitches, 36 were strikes. If DeGrom is injured, that could open the door for Matt Harvey, who was partying in L.A., but what the fuck do I know? Hey, you know what? Guy, and you know what? I was listening to Francesca today with Ed Coleman, and Ed Coleman said they had played a 13-inning game in St. Louis, a day game. They got into L.A., and, you know, what they said was, you know, he was only really ready and been using the 13 game, so he had to be ready the next night. He had to go out, and they said, you know, he's learning. You know, he's, dude, you're not, you're not a 21 year old. You know, you have to get to a certain age where you have to start making like smart choices in life and being like, is this what I want to do for? Li-? You know, I, I say I'm doing this for a living, but then I'm out and I have to go to a club because you know I I, I have to go out till midnight. When you're not a starter, you pitch every fourth day. You got to be ready every fucking day. What do I know? Eric Flowers, uh, fifth year option was not picked up. Well, I think Gettleman is furious that, with him, you know, that he, you know, I'm telling you, he's sending a message to the team. He goes, listen, it's my road or the highway. Get on board or get the fuck out of here. Shane Rays wasn't picked up also where they just boarded, they got a Chubb from NC State. But I'll tell you, a lot of these guys, you know, you pick up their fifth year option, they have a good year. And, you know, shit, good things, uh, you know, they become an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, Eric Flowers, fifth-year option for 2019. Am I shocked about that? No, not at all. Patrick Beverly's mom won on uh, two cars, and it was funny. She got the hundred. She got the hundred. Uh, the one. The one dollar, and the guy before her. You know, you have to get if you get a dollar, you win. The guy before had ninety-five cents, and when he lost, he fell flat on his face. Went over forty-one thousand dollars, two cars. Not bad. Yeah, and f- former Colts and Bears linebacker. Jarrell Freeman retires of the sixth season. Health and family are t- my top pri- pri- priorities. I was like, all right, hey, maybe you had enough. A couple guys' options didn't get picked up. Oh, and Jordan Montgomery missed six to eight weeks with a flexor strain. That's not good. And Kayla Harrison, two-time Olympic gold medalist in judo. I'm pretty psyched she's going to make an anticipated MMA debut at PFL2 in June, MMA fighting, per MMA fighting. I'm like, she is a fucking badass. I would love, I would, I'm very psyched to see how she'll do. I am like, Damn. And they said Fisdale has gained some serious traction for the Knicks job. I, I hear players love him. I hear they love him. We'll see if that leads to anything with the Knicks. But that's what they said. Players love him. And I'm like, all right. You know what? Let's see. The Knicks are, you know, I, I would love to know what Lathan Wayne Laser thinks about this. And also, Baltimore won't pick up wide receiver uh, Bashad Perriman's fifth-year option 2019. He has been injuries are us. I'm not shocked about that one at all. I'm saying he's been hurt all the freaking time. And the Suns hired jazz assistant coach Igor Kokoskov. 
Kokoskov, three-year deal to become the next head coach. He is the first European-born head coach in the NBA ever. I like that. And the first pick of the draft is that kid out of who could be a high draft pick. They're saying he might be, and I want to get his name right. Oh, yeah, Rubio wore rookie hoodie, supporting Donovan Mitchell's Rookie of the Year campaign while sitting in the bench for game two. I thought that was nice. Stanton had two home runs. 30th time he's hit multiple home runs for him. And Cespedes got pissed off. Uh, had to clean up all diamonds around second base after Cespedes throws broken necklace in disgust. Dude, you got to think about that stuff before you break your necklace. You have to worry about that. And Steph will uh, move back in the starting lineup. He only had 28 points in 27 minutes off the bench in game two. They beat the Pelicans 121-116. to 116. And Bryce Harper didn't know this first career leadoff home run ever. I was like, really? First ever. Oh, and uh, Igor Kokoskov, high praise to Luka Doncic, who they said is could be uh, who they could draft draft in the draft who they could go for in the draft pick. Um, I'm sorry, it, it, who they could draft at the NBA draft. Jamal Crawford will become an unrestricted free agent this summer. Yeah, I'm like okay, yeah, yeah. Jacob Degrom, dude, man, crazy. Got to get. It's crazy. All these guys getting fucking hurt. Look, if Stanton gets hot, forget about it. 30th career multi-homer game for Stanton. I love that. Harper, first career leadoff. I'm like, wow, really? Yeah, earlier today, they placed Jordan Montgomery in the 10-day disabled list with an elbow strain. Now he's out six to eight weeks. And you have to read this story about um, the Karate Kid they talked to the original cast behind the scenes and everything by Alex Pruitt in Sport Illustrated. It was awesome. Pat Morita only got $30,000 for the freaking role. He was nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actor. And let me tell you something. That scene where, you know, he's crying, the drunk scene, he was, uh, he was raised in internment camps where, the, you know, they had the Japanese and all that stuff. And he was actually raised. He was sick. It, it, it's a great, just, uh, the, just get him a body bag. The kid who played the role, that was done in looping. He just put it in there, and it stuck, and the, and the director said, this is going to stick. Ralph Macchio wanted the name of the movie to change, because he said, if this thing ever hits, he said he's going to be stuck with this for the rest of his life, which he is. And, and tonight on YouTube Red, they're having the Cobra Kai series, which I'm going to, I'll, I'll pay for it, because I, I got to see this series. And there's a lot of great, you know, stories. Uh, basically, you know, Stallone said they ripped it off because, you know, it was basically the story of Rocky, but set in a karate and Elizabeth Shue actually worked with Body by Jake because she had a bathing suit scene. And she says, if you see her throughout the movie, she gained weight because she said after the bathing suit scene, she ate whatever she wanted, which is kind of funny because I remember at the end of the scene, the fight scene, which they shot into the fight scene, they actually set up a tournament where they said, don't look at the cameras because you're going to get awards and all that. But they wanted to make it look like a real tournament. And the guy who wrote the film, he had studied under uh, a, a sensei. Uh, yeah, like a, a master. And when they brought in Ralph Macchio, he couldn't do any of that shit. And the kid who played Johnny actually had more, you know, whatever they taught him he could do. It was very, it was very, and, and the, the crane thing would never happen, would be illegal in an actual competition. It, you know, there's a lot of cool things. All the guys talking. One of the guys, Chad McQueen, had his hair dyed. He said he was glad he did because he would have got his ass kicked. The people saw the movie. They all thought it was going to be shit. They didn't think it was going to be anything. They said that it was kind of corny. Even Ralph Macchio was said it was kind of corny. And uh, Nicolas Cage, Emilio Estevez, 
there was a lot of big names up for parts, but they wanted a they wanted a no name. And the only one they were all like, "Wow, Ralph Macchio had a had a manager." They were like, "Wow, he was big deal." And his mother in the movie thought she he was sixteen, but he said, "What do you say about the the Macchio is actually uh, we 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 we, uh, we we go backwards." He was twenty one when he shot the first one. The rest weren't as good, but it made five million dollars when it first came out. It came out the same time as. The week after, shit, when did it come out? It came the week after, was it one of the Star Wars movies? Shit. It came out the same time in 84. It came out a week after, maybe it's like, took some note. Yeah, there was something that came out. Yeah. The the the, the screenwriter, Robert Mark Kamen, uh, has a vineyard uh in Sonoma Valley, which was paid for wine country from the movie because it made so much goddamn move money. It came out released in June '84. The, premier, the uh, following premiere of Ghostbusters. So interesting. Ghostbusters and that came at the same time, and it was only I think the budget was eight eight million dollars, ninety million domestic gross. And he said he was going to appear in an upcoming Karate Kid tribute night. He was going to wear either a Mr. Miyagi shirt or I can wear my wax on fuck off T shirt. <laughs> So it was, it was, you got to read this. It's a great freaking story. It, the, oh my God. One of the actors met his, met his wife as one of the extras on a, on the big fight scene. Yeah. And they didn't think, you know, they thought it was going to be a little cheesy. Yeah. Elizabeth Shue said, whoa, he is a manager. And she thought that Ralph, uh, the one who played his mom, thought he was so mature for a 16-year-old. He goes, I was 21. The Macho family curve means you take six years off from your age, and that's how old you are. Someone said his, his hormones never kicked in. They still haven't kicked in. It, it, I'll tell you, it was freaking cool. It, and, and, and Pat Morita was a comic, and they didn't think, you know, he was a stand-up comic who got on stage loaded, dirty, and foul. He's not Pat Morita the sensei, but, hey, perfect casting. He, he, he's passed. The director... Uh, what's it, John? Oh, yeah. So Robert Downey Jr. was considered for Ralph's part. Charlie Sheen, Emilio Estevez, Nicolas Cage, Anthony Edwards was deemed too tall. Eric Stoltz, not enough dynamics for the Daniel role. Crispin Glover for Johnny. That would have been terrible. Helen Hunt and Demi Moore for Allie. And Sarah Jessica Parker for one of Allie's friends. And Valerie Harper for Lucille LaRusso. Which would have been terrible. Those would have been terrible. Yeah. I'm glad they went with what they did. Yeah. And they kept them, they kept like in, a, in I read about Animal House, they kept the the Delta House away, the, the two houses they kept separate. Well, they kept the Cobra Kai away from uh, Machio and it kind of, and it was a little bit of, you know, little tension between the guys. And in the scene with the, you know, with the the scene where he has on the, the Halloween scene where he has the... Uh, shower on him he said it was actually fucking heavy to, to run around and it was very, pretty believable because he was kind of a skinny kid you could believe he get his he would get his ass kicked very cool it was very cool it's a very cool story uh, you know what it made me I'm like I want to watch this movie like right now <laughs> yeah it was oh my god and the director had directed Rocky uh, what was it John Alvadin Al- 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 Oh, and they shot even they. Another interesting thing was they shot the 
they they shot the the rehearsals with like full costumes and everything because you wanted everything just right. And the, the kids couldn't ride the motorcycle, so he actually they they they, they let him. Sh- they did it on a Sunday. They they rented. They took him on the lot, which was like golden time because he wanted to make sure that the kids were could do uh, could ride the motorcycles. Yeah, it was it was re- it was very interesting, and you know they actually uh, had to get uh, the governor at the time allowed them to shoot on the beach, which wasn't wasn't allowed. Yeah, it it was pretty freaking cool, dude. A lot of interesting stuff. Oh, yeah, the assistant director met his wife on the. Pat, Peter Choi was his trainee assistant director, and that's what they said too. He said he never saw, you know, Asian actors in films like not playing the you know the the silly part. Kind of interesting. Mets lost seven nothing today to the Braves. Ugh, bad loss. So very even about the fly scene, they couldn't get the flies, so they had to use they didn't have CGI back then, but they they used a, a stick to make it happen. It, yeah, what they do? They we built a pipe frame with a piece of wire hanging from it with a little fly in the end. He'd be in the side making the, this dead fly move. They said that wasn't working, so I got a six foot pole and some thin black thread. The script supervisor, Alan, Alan, Alvin Greeman, was wearing a black fuzzy sweater. I took a piece of fuzz off it, and the prop guy tied it to the end of the thread. You didn't have a lot of CGI 35 years ago. How about that? Very, yeah, just like, yeah, it was pretty cool. And then and then, uh, in the fight scene where he leaves the party where they're all dressed in costumes, he got clocked in the face by uh, Johnny, Ralph Macchio, and he goes, he's lucky he didn't get hurt worse. But they, they said they'd been shooting all night, they actually had to run like 150 yards and they ran so much that they had oxygen on the set because the kids were, I mean, they were going all night because they were running 150 yards, jumped the fence, ran multiple times in the cold late at night. It was brutal. I remember sucking wind. That's what one of the guys said. Yeah. And Macho said, yeah. He goes, I was thrown all over the place. And, uh, and uh, Johnny said he leaned into it. The guy played Johnny said it wasn't my fault. Yeah. It just, yeah, listen, I go on and on about this. I'm dying to see it. Yeah. Actually, so the Pat Morita was born in an uh, itinerant farm to, to itinerant farm workers in Sacramento in the 1930s. When he was two, he broke his back, contracted spinal tuberculosis, and spent the next nine years of his life in an infirmary raised by white doctors and nurses. Then he was escorted to an internment camp where he was reunited with his family. He said never was Japanese, and he couldn't relate to that. But uh, Pat Morita said, I know this guy. I think he saw a lot of himself, his own father, his brother, and the tragedy of that character. Yeah, they said the scene that helped earn him an Academy Award nomination. They named the character's wife who had died after me to give him some substance to his prayers. Yuki was his wife at the time. Yeah, it was a great... Listen. And they actually wanted to cut out that scene because it was about the 442, which was a a bunch of Asian soldiers who won more medals of honor than any other in World War II. And once they showed it to a full audience, everyone shut up. Could you imagine not having that scene? The whole tournament, you're rooting for Daniel because you're rooting for Miyagi. The baton is passed. That's great shit. And uh, one of the actors said, how the fuck John saw that performance at Pat, I'll never know. Going from the hip nip to happy days to that performance is a hell of an arc. $30,000. Fucking crazy. So you got to read this. Listen, I'm, I know I'm telling a lot about the story, but it, it was freaking, it, it was phenomenal. It was, it was a great read. I just was like, man, this is, it, it was great shit. It was great. Yeah. I, I highly recommend it. it was, yeah, it was, it was amazing. 
three. I was just like, oh, and DeMar DeRozan says, Raptors have to grind it out and be some assholes to recover from game one loss. Listen, they were up big. And I'll tell you, LeBron, and they almost won it at the end of the game. And then they took over in overtime. LeBron had, he's second all time now in triple doubles, only behind freaking, what was his 21st triple double? Only one ahead of him is Magic. And I'll tell you, got in their heads. I don't think there's any way that Toronto should have lost game one, but I'll tell you, LeBron just keeps coming. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Get him a body bag. That's good. And uh, the director said that's going to be a classic. You'll never, you'll, ne- you'll never be forgotten because of that line. Unbelievable. $30,000. Oh, and they're thinking about changing the kickoff. Likely eliminated two-man wedge. No running start for a kicking team. And only three players allowed deep. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. I'm like, yeah. John uh, uh, Alvidson was the director who also did Rocky. What a freaking movie. I love that movie. Oh, listen to this. So, someone asked if Ozzie Newsom can get in the Hall of Fame as an executive. The Pro Football Hall of Fame does not enshrine people twice. Newsom is not eligible to go in the Hall of Fame again. Have to be in like as a tight end. And I was thinking, you know what? You know what? I uh, then they should do something. They should honor him because he's had a hell of a career. Won two World Championships. Drafted Ray Lewis, Jonathan Ogden when the owner at the time, Adele, wanted him to draft Lawrence Phillips, and we know how that worked out who could have been a beast, but man, he had a lot of shit going on. He was, he was a mess, but still, I found that interesting. So you can't get not, you can't get in the hall enshrined twice. Well, you should get something, maybe a special mention or honor or something. And how about this? DeAndre Baker, a cornerback out of Georgia via pro football focus. He was in coverage 372 times last season and did not allow a single touchdown pass. They're talking about guys that can be next year. It could be a high draft pick. How about that? Did not allow a single touchdown pass last year in three. That's amazing. And Clemson, they said all four of their defensive linemen could be taken the first round next year. Nothing. Yeah, and that Dexter Lawrence is 340 pounds, six foot six four, and only is an 18% body fat. For 340 pounds, 18% body fat, that's a big motherfucker. 314. I was like, holy shit. And Trey Adams from Washington, he had a 20 ACL last October 6'8", 330, was the only true freshman to start on the offensive line with Chris Peterson, ever. Say something because of that. Oh, and OKC would love to move on from Carmelo. I would love them too. They want Paul George. And and Gumbo Chef was asking me today about Kawhi Leonard. What's going on? I said, I think he's getting bad advice. I agree. He's getting bad advice from his people. He could sign a max deal. Why would you not want to play with Popovich saying that the practices are too hard and all that stuff? Dude, what are you talking about? You are, that's, that's the golden ticket. I mean, you have the greatest coach in the end. He is. Popovich is a phenomenal coach. Phenomenal coach. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's chirping his ear. And then they're saying, they're saying maybe he wants to play in a bigger market. He got his, he's the quietest guy in the world. I, I don't see it. Perplexes me. Perplexes me a lot. I, I, don't, I don't see it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't see it at all. Crazy. I guess we'll see what happens on that front. Yeah. Crazy. 
crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, and Carmelo. And, and then I was thinking, maybe the Nets will try to get him. And I'm like, I don't think the Nets should go after him at all. And how about the... You always hear this about certain guys. Quincy Wilson admits he wasn't ready for the mental or physical rigors of the NFL last year. Was out of shape. How do you... What the fuck? And now earlier in the day, I heard that Mark Jackson get a New York Knicks push. But now I'm here in Fizdale. And it's like every couple hours, it keeps changing. Listen. Opinions are like assholes. <laughs> Everyone's got one. And then Eric Reed's final collusion grievance against the NFL after failing to sign in a free agency. And some guy was calling Stephen A. Smith saying that Kaepernick could have went to play for Bashadi in with the Ravens, but then he got into it with, uh, oh, they didn't do it soon enough. And he was going off and saying about, yeah, he was saying about Eric Reed, all these guys where they're, sta- you know, not standing up. and they're but, but, but Stephen A. Smith brought up an interesting point where he said they're not, they weren't protesting the flag. They were protesting what was happening to African-Americans in the United States with police brutality and all that stuff. And now that Eric Reed's going to file for collusion, saying nobody wants him. Listen, these owners, like I said, Ozzie Newsom, it's all white owners. All you got is a lot of white people running teams. And they don't want guys that rock the boat. They want football players to be think that they're, they want them to be, like it's a corporation. It's a business. And they don't want anything that's going to affect their bottom line. And they look at Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed as pariah. Yeah, they look at them like, like they have, uh, like they have uh, lupus, like they have uh, measles, like they have, they have, they have cancer. I mean, anything you want to say, they have some disease that they don't want any part of. And they both these guys can play in the league. I mean, there's guys that haven't. I mean, ridiculous. I love what everybody loves sports from Instagram put up. He said, uh, probably one of my worst games of the season. He said about game one versus Toronto. And he said, Toronto is in serious, I agree, in serious trouble. Yeah. And San Donald's going to wear number 14 with the Jets. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Perry Nickerson run, ran a 4-3-2, 40-yard dash. 16 passes he picked off while he was at Tulane. 5-10, the Jets picked him up. He'll be a slot corner NFL expected to compete for a job early in his career. Passer rating against him in t- last year was 41.7. He allowed only one touchdown in each of the past two seasons at Tulane. Hey, whatever they can do, let's make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, most career triple doubles. Magic with 30. LeBron with 21. Kidd with 11. Larry Bird with 10. And Rajon Rondo with 10. Crazy, right? Crazy, crazy, crazy. Awesome. What, what a rock, rock, oh, rock was asking me about. He's been going backwards. He wanted to know about a 2,000 calorie daily food consumption and 1,000 calories burn. Is that healthy? And I was like, are you burning 2,000 calories a day? He goes, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, Rocket, Rocket entered it. something at work. They did a weight loss contest, which he won. I was like, dude, man, go. I said, are you doing another weight? And he goes, no, 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 we're not doing a weight loss contest. But I was like, okay. I just think it's funny, the random shit that people ask me. I was like, funny, funny, funny shit. Just hilarious. Some things are just hilarious to JD. So Santana had two home runs tonight. DeGrom left the game. Means Bobby Matt Harvey is going to be back in the freaking 
pitching rotation, which doesn't bode well for them because he's pitched like shit all season. And the Yankees got their first shot of the year yesterday when Jordan Montgomery went one inning yesterday and Verlander went eight innings, 14 Ks. Sanchez hit a three-run homer in the ninth. And LeBron, Leah, LeBron's, LeBron's not a fucking human. Mets lost yesterday. Now Mets are 17-11, haven't won consecutive games since beating the Marlins and Brewers on the April 12th and April 13th. Unbelievable. And there was something, I read some, okay, so the Giants took the field for the voluntary minicamp this past week. The most striking difference was in the color of the jerseys. After decades of having offensive players in white and defensive players in blue, Shermer decided to switch them up. Turns out he switched them up again at some point and then again. He goes, we're going to switch it up a lot, he told Newsday. The offense will wear blue for a while, and then the defense will wear blue for a while. And then what we'll do is, during the season, whatever jersey we're wearing that week will be the color the offense practices in. He said it's designed, he said, to get the players used to seeing colors, whether it's a quarterback looking down the field for open blue shirts or a safety focusing in on white shirts coming out of the back. I think that's all right. My experience with that is is the shade of the color of the target moving around the field. It helps the quarterback to practice in those colors. And he said during the offseason program and the preseason. So, yeah, okay, hey, get them ready. Hey, we're wearing blue this week. Let's practice looking for your receivers wearing blue because that's what's going to be in the game. Hey, if anything gets ready for game situations, I am all for it. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, interesting. And and and, uh, and Fritz is a, you know, he was talking, he talked a little bit what happened. Yeah. I liked what he said without Coleman today. I wasn't crazy about him yesterday, but I'll tell you, he's right back where he is. It's like he never left. It's kind of funny. They kind of laugh for a second. He's like, all right, let's get on and get get back doing what we got to do. And I like J.T. Barrett signs as an undrafted free agent with the Saints. You know, they really don't have a backup for Breeze. J.T. Barrett, you know, with Payton, Sean Payton as his coach. Maybe, you know, I thought they were going to take Lamar Jackson. He can run with the ball. His passing, hey, he set a lot of records. I'll tell you, he made some great passes at the Ohio State. I think he might do something. Yeah. Oh, and let me tell you something. Power snotting I saw fucking today pissed me off. And I saw a a woman on the train was cracking fucking gum. I hate people who crack gum. I don't don't know why you have to do it. Why? Why? I want to rip the gum out of her mouth. I I was down. I moved away from her and I could still hear her cracking the fucking gum. Now listen to this. Saquon Barkley is guaranteed over $31 million, second only to Adrian Peterson, who was guaranteed $36 million as 2011 extension with the Vikings. Annual value about $7.8 million. He is guaranteed $31 million as the second pick of the draft. The second larger contract for running back in NFL history. How about that? Good for him, man. You know, because they're talking about, you know, you know the, the market's gone cold on running backs because they feel like it's a short shelf life. But good for him, 31 million. Hey. Listen, plays good for a couple of years, gets a second contract, let him make the money. And I love what Andrew Brandt wrote on MMQB. He goes, as I tell players and families that ask me about agents, if an agent says he can get a player drafted higher than he otherwise would be, run the other way. Interesting, right? So, hey, you know, I'll, I'll get a, I'll, no, 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 always, oh, oh, no, I'll get him higher. Yeah, can't pull that out of your ass. And they're talking about, you know, yeah, Aaron Rodgers sat for three years. Andrew Brand said that will never happen with the first round. Never is going to happen again. I don't think so. Well, look at Hackenberg didn't play yet. but And they also don't feel that 
that Darnold will have a redshirt year this year. He's going to play. Now, interesting that Sam Bradford got another lucrative contract with the freaking Cardinals. You know, Carson Wentz went to Philly. Now he's got Josh Rosen. Career earnings over $130 million for a guy who hasn't really, never, never had a winning season as a quarterback. I mean, Andrew Brampton, yeah, he is a true Hall of Famer. $130 million for a guy who's done shit. That is out of control. $130 million. Tavon Austin, eighth pick in 2013. Saturday was traded for, for, to the Cowboys. Now, eighth pick in 2013 was traded on sat- Saturday to the Cowboys for the draft pick, 192nd pick in the draft. He got a four-year, $40 million contract eight months ago. It cost the Rams $4 million in cash and cap as that amount was paid to him in a March roster bonus. That's more than he, the Cowboys is going to get one million with two million that he can make in potential uh, per game incentives, and and a career that's been kind of he's earned thirty two million dollars. Another guy hasn't produced thirty two million dollars. Well, not as much as I mean nothing compares to fucking good God one hundred thirty million for freaking uh, freaking man. I'm blanking on names tonight. Sam Bradford. Jesus Christ. It's, this, it's out of control. And also, after one-year agreements with Twitter and Amazon to stream Thursday night football games over the past two years, the league has re-upped with Amazon for two more years. Amazon now joins Fox, which has purchased Thursday night football on a multi-year deal valued at $650 million a year. And they, uh, the, the days, Benjamin Brand said, the day is coming soon where the NFL will be receiving bids from both traditional, linear networks, and digital media giants combined with Buffalo ratings for the draft. This is more tough news for the NFL's in decline, which is true. Come on, the freaking draft. And I've said this one before, but Andrew Brandt said his favorite story was when he, uh, when signing an undrafted player. He goes, I once told a player we would sign him for a $500 bonus. His response, I only have about $100 now, but I can get you the rest next week. No, Andrew Brandt said. He said, we pay you. He said, good luck to all the undrafted. No, well, yeah, I only have 100 bucks right now. And uh, he also said a funny thing. He said, every GM seems to be amazed. You know, the players they get, were there when they picked them, please. I would love if a GM said, well, we really like some other guys, but they were gone. These guys will do. Yeah, I like a little transparency. That's the word they use now? Transparency. Tell the truth. But also, now with drafted players drafted, means you have to cut players, release them. Which happens. Jalen Marshall, no longer with the freaking J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And Peter King thinks with Sam Darnold, if he can't work... With Jeremy Bates, who's a great tutor and play caller, and Josh McCown as a mentor, you can't blame it on a support system. Totally agree with that. That's a great one. Billy Donovan coming back to OKC. I think that's a good move. Carmelo, where are you going to go? Who wants you? And Denzel Ward is only going to have to, next couple of years, going to have to blanket Antonio Brown and A.J. Green. If he doesn't do that, that defense is going to fail like nobody's business. And Mesa Rudolph, 76th up. Oh, an arrest warrant was issued for Jets wide receiver Robbie Anderson after he failed to appear in court. What? What's, what is? How do you do that? What? How do you not show for court? How do you? Who, who's giving you advice, dude? You're pissing away your career. I, I don't know what's going on. I, you have an, you have to appear in court. You don't appear in court. Yeah, you're gonna get in trouble. Yeah, perplexes me to know. I don't get it. Mason Rudolph. 76th pick. He's going to sit behind freaking Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger said he could play another three to five years. We'll see if that works out. And they didn't get an heir to Ryan Shazier was of 
placed in the physically un- unable to perform list, the pup list. So, you know, that's another thing, man. He didn't pick up the guy. Jags got a wide receiver, G.J. Clark, who ran a 4-3-4-40. He could be a burner for them. Kansas City, they walk in 60 million, 24, 24 years old, third NFL team. Listen, but they did get Kendall Fuller in the Alex Smith trade from Washington. They said Derwin James for the Chargers. This Peter King said safety from Florida State, 17th pick. Could have went sixth overall. Mike Pouncey from Miami, who I like a lot. Jordy Nelson's 33 with the freaking Raiders. You got uh, Nelson, a head case, and yeah, Mark, Mark, Martavis Bryant. A couple draft picks. Colton Miller, Brandon Parker, who needs seasoning. A lot of coaching in Napa Valley this year. We'll see how that works out. And Dallas... They're hoping that uh, Leighton Vander Esch can be, you know, a playmaker and eventually take over for Sean Lee when he's gone. You don't really have a tight end. You've got a kid, 137 pick of the draft, Stanford tight end, Dalton Schultz. He could be taking over. They could be your tight end. Hey, Giants got, listen to this. Mike Mayak says about Will Hernandez, he just doesn't like people. <laughs> That's the kind of guy you wanted to lie. You know, you know, like uh, it was in, uh, like that was like in, um, Blazing Saddles, don't shoot Mongo. You'll only make him angry. You'll only make him angry. And the Eagles, man. Eagles, they got Darby. City Jones, the kid, uh, second second rounder out of Washington, recovering from Achilles tear. Never really saw what he was doing. You put him with Darby. You hope Michael Bennett has one last hurrah. Now the Redskins, you got got Alex, Alex Smith. You got Deron Payne. In the middle defensive line, I like him. And then you got Darius Geis. He's got eh, some off, off. Uh, you know, a lot of teams said they had problems with him during the uh, during the draft process. But if he can play, he can play. Bears should be better. Rock, uh, Roquan Smith, Smith from Georgia. I love him. You got Allen Robinson, uh, rookie wide receiver Al, Al, Anthony Miller, who had. Some pretty good years at Memphis. Detroit traded up to get a Arkansas guard center, Frank Ragno. They're calling they're calling uh, Lions, uh, you know, Patriot, Patriot, uh, Patriot. What would you call it? Patriot Midwest, basically. With all you know, they're bringing a bunch of veterans. They got like Garrett Blunt, Devin Kennard. Hey, if it worked for uh, New England, why not try it? Jimmy Graham or ha- Mahab Wilkinson, you'll see if that how they pan out with the uh, Packers. How's Aaron Rodgers going to do? A lot of teams, man, you don't know. Minnesota, what's going to happen with them? I mean, hey, it all depends. Kirk Cousins is going to step up. You've a great defensive line with Tampa Bay. you got JPP, you got Vincent, Vinnie Curry, and now you got Vita Vea, 12th pick, with Gerald McCoy. That's a pretty damn good defensive front. Front. And now the Arizona from no quarterbacks to Sam Bradford, Josh Rosen, and Mike Lennon, one, two, three, in the depth chart. Someone's going to be traded. And you got Christian Kirk, Texas A&M, that, that uh, grew up in Arizona rooting for Larry Fitzgerald. Hey, Rams, it's all, th- it, listen, it all depends if uh, Cooks, Sue, Peters, and Tlaib pan out. If they do, then good things. Yeah, and Rashad Penny, Seattle. He was great at, he was great at freaking uh, San Diego State. 
Let's see if it pans out. Only time will tell, right? And some guy brought up an interesting thing about, uh, he wrote in on uh, MQB about the wage scale. He feels that perhaps the alternatives have a rookie's contract significantly more incentive-laden than veteran contracts. So they don't have an Aaron Curry who turned out to be busted with Seattle, Jamarcus Russell or Jason Smith, who the Rams picked up at Auburn with a $60 million rookie contract. But like, you know, Russell Wilson did outperform his contract. As long as he meets the performance incentives, the team has the option to pay up for his performance. But if they do not meet incentives, the player has the option to either keep the smaller rookie deal or enter free agency. Uh, I mean, it worked better for the player, but the team probably wouldn't go for it. But I think that's interesting, right? And, you know, talk about, you know, they were talking about how the Browns kept their first pick secret. And Bill Belichick, uh, according to a former scout, the, the draws would drop sometimes when they heard who Belichick was picking. That's that was interesting. Yeah. Okay. Now, I need to go to bed. So let's do some trivia questions for today. Yeah, I want to, I'm, I'm glad I talked about Freaking that Karate Kid. You got to read that story. It was freaking. I told, I told, I sent it to Gumbo Chef. I said, Gumbo Chef, you have to read this thing. Who was kicked ass today during his workout, might I add. He's a badass. Those Louisiana kids are badasses. Okay. Last night's trivia question. How many Texas Longhorns are in the NBA Hall of Fame? Guard Slater Martin, who played in 43-44 and 46-49, was inducted on May 3rd, 1982. Okay. Tonight's trivia question. Who was the first player in the live ball era to have two games with zero hits and five Ks in the same season? Who was the first player in, in the live ball era of Major League Baseball to have two games with zero hits and five Ks in the same season? And I'm going to tell you, it's recent. I'm going to give you a little, I'm going to give you a little hint. It's very recent. Shit, I gave too much away. All right. Jason DeGrom, I hope you're okay. Jordan Montgomery, that sucks. Stay at the two home runs tonight. LeBron, let's win game two. Steph Curry's going to start game three. Yankees winning tonight. Mets losing. And uh, Eric Flowers, play your ass off this year and get a big contract next year. Show the Giants that you make they made a mistake in you. I like, I like to see that. All right, folks, I'm going to bed. Peace out. Have a good night. Talk to you soon.